What up, world? It's your girl, Kay Johnson, and thank you for tuning in to Kay Love Johnson's podcast. This is an adult podcast, so if any kids are in the area, please have them to exit now. Shout out to everybody that tunes in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I love you. I appreciate you. So, something happened last week. The U.S. Supreme Court, Roe versus Wade, happened. And I told y'all from the beginning that my podcast was called The Ugly Truth About Love, The Good and the Bad. So, I want to get a little personal today, if y'all don't mind. (laughs) So... With my podcast, I feel as though it have helped me a lot with healing. So I hope that my episodes are helping people. I hope it's helping people to laugh. <laughs> um, I hope it's helping people to cry or whatever emotions and feelings you have. I want y'all to be able to get it out. And I, when I took on this podcast I told myself that I wanted to keep it real 100% so that's what I'm about to do with this episode um if you cannot handle what I'm about to say I want you to exit out (laughs) um this is not for everybody some people are still struggling with abortions Um, That they might have had in the past. I myself had an abortion at the age of 15. And I I want to discuss it. Because I feel as though it's only right (laughs) that I discuss it. When I went home recently to Baltimore, Maryland. um, I reached out to the guy that I was pregnant with. um, Bye. I asked him. I said, hey. Let's do an episode together. And I understand he didn't feel comfortable doing an episode with me. Um, And and listen, that's his right. You understand? We are friends. We have been friends since the age of 15. And I hope one day I'm able to have him on this platform so that I can get his true feelings, his true emotions. Um, it was something that we, we, we dealt with secretly, um, separately (laughs) because after the abortion, we parted ways. So let me tell y'all what happened. (laughs) Like I said, if you are not strong enough to hear about abortions, Please exit now. So when I was 15, I um, in high school, <laughs> I met my my ex-boyfriend, the last boyfriend that I've ever had. Um, we was in the same class. He was beautiful. I always say beautiful um, because that's how I feel like a person is beautiful inside and out. He was very handsome and 
breathtaking <laughs> the very first time I saw him. So I used to pick with him. You know how, like, when you were a kid, you don't know how to actually flirt. So I, I used to pick with him. I'm like, oh, your mother's white. Your father's white. You mix something. You're not 100% black. And he used to be like, yes, I am. I'm like, nah, not with them pretty gray eyes. And that light skin, that curly hair, you are mixed, you know. So I used to mess with him. He never brought his ass to school. <laughs> he used to hook school a lot. He'll come on Monday and then he'll come back on Fridays. But the craziest part is all of us that's been in class all week, we barely passing the test. Or, you know, some of us failed the test. And he'll come in there on Friday, knock the test out the box. His ass wasn't there all week. So he was very intelligent. So um, I wound up playing basketball. I know I told y'all that on plenty of episodes, <laughs> but I played basketball. I was on JV, uh, junior varsity, and his sister was on varsity. She was an amazing player, amazing point guard. Like, shout out to her. She was like, Pretty as hell, dressed feminine. But when she got on that motherfucking basketball court, she was a star. So me and her got close. I spent the night at her house and I saw some pictures. I said, oh my goodness, this your brother? <laughs> I never put two and two together because she was so pretty and he was handsome. But she was like, yeah, that's my brother. I was like, oh, like I got them crush the meanest crush on your brother so she would do my hair and like finger waves or something and I guess one day she talked to him and told him that I had a crush on him so she told me she said I told my brother about you so long story short we started dating um he was amazing like I dressed like a boy back then I always dressed like a boy and he dressed like a preppy white boy, like slick, like collar shirts, uh, cargo pants, always had the latest sneakers. And when I came over his house while we was dating, I'd be like, yo, let me hold this shirt. Let me hold these. <laughs> let me hold these pants and vice versa. You know, like he was my best friend, you know, um, we would listen to the whole Biggie Smalls album together and rock out. And another dumb thing I would do, he would ask me if I was hungry when I would come spend time with him because he lived two blocks over from our high school. So after school, I would go chill with him until the last bus came. Then he'll walk me down to the bus. And one time, he walked me down to the bus and... This white guy drove past us and say, hey, niggers, go where you belong. And we both were so hurt. Like, I mean, we were quiet for like an hour. We were in shock. We went home, told his father. His father drove me home that day. And that was an experience that we shared together because that was the first time ever somebody threw a racial slur at me. So I'll never forget it. But we had each other's back. Um, I'm dark skinned. He's light skinned and fair. So for this guy to drive by and say that, because we lived in, well, he lived 
like I said, two blocks away from the school, but the school was in Jewtown. That that's what they call it in Baltimore. So long story short, we dated. Um, like I said, when I would come over his house, he asked me if I'm hungry. I would lie and say, no, I'm not hungry. But when his ass went to the bathroom, I would be eating the hell out of his food. And he ate a lot. He would eat five to six packs of oodles and noodles, four hot dogs. Like this man can eat. But anyway, so we both, you know, he was into camp. I was into camp. You know, we were, uh, he was a camp counselor. I worked at another camp, um, in the kitchen. So we would go away from the, for the summer. So when we came back, one time, me and his father and his, his mother and his sisters, we drove down to see him. And I was so happy to see him. But he, like, kind of gave me the cold shoulder. I'm like, oh, you with your new friends. <laughs> you don't know who I am. I'm your girlfriend. But anyway, so when he came back, we had an argument about how he treated me when he was away at camp. So... I was like, yo, you don't care about me. You don't love me. He was like, yes, I do. I was like, well, spend a night with me. This is the very first time I ever said something like this. We're like 15. I'm older than him by six months. So he was like, all right. So he was living with his single father. My mom was a single mother. So he asked his father. His father was like, all right. My mother said, okay. So we started spending weekends together. He actually let me practice cutting his hair <laughs> so I would hack his hair up mess his hair up but that's how I learned how to cut men's hair so we would spend a night um when we was our parents said that we couldn't sleep together in the same room well we didn't want to sleep together we just wanted to be intimate <laughs> so I'll go put on some basketball shorts slide them to the side y'all know the rest so like I said, he'll spend the weekend at my house. I spend a weekend at his house and we were like friends, like his homeboys would come over. Like, you know, I don't know if they saw me as one of the boys because like I said, I dressed like a boy, but we got pregnant <laughs> and he went away to camp again. You know, we dated for like two years or maybe one year, but it was like two summers back to back. So he went away to camp. I went away to camp. So my mother was coming to see me. She was bringing me Pepsis and, you know, pads and stuff like that since I was gone for eight weeks. So I knew she was on her way because I haven't had my cycle. So I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so I started giving a pass out because I didn't want her to see like yo these the same pads that I bought the last time I came to see you so I worked in the kitchen and one day the lady was making spaghetti with garlic bread and I got lightheaded I was like yo this garlic bread stink then I started thinking like yo I ain't come on my cycle this garlic bread got me feeling funny um, at the time, Pepsi was my favorite. I could not drink Pepsi. So I wrote him a letter letting him know that I might be pregnant. <laughs> so the summer was over. He came home from his camp. I came home from my camp and it was 
about to be basketball season. So before you can play any sports, you got to get a physical. So I went to the doctors and, you know, a pediatrician (laughs) and she did a urine sample and told me to get dressed, you know, undressed so that she can do, you know, what she got to do. So she came back and was like, get dressed now. You're pregnant. And I'm like, what? Note now, I'm 15. My mother's in the lobby. She had to drive me to this appointment. (laughs) So she's like, I got to tell your mother. I'm like, oh, hell no. You know, I didn't cuss, but this is what I'm thinking in my head. So she said, you know, you go out in the waiting room. I'll bring your mother in. We'll tell her. Excuse me. I don't know why. Every time I do my podcast, I got a burp. So excuse me, y'all. But um, <laughs> she said, um, you know, I'll bring your mother in. You go out in the lobby and, um, you know, I'll tell her. So. She went in the back. She told mom. Then they called me back. As soon as I came in the room, I saw the disappointment on my mother's face. She was crying. And I'm like, damn, you know. So my mom was huge on whatever her and Kenny discussed. It was between them. Whatever me and her discussed. It was between us, you know, like she didn't tell anybody's business still to this day. She don't tell me any of his business. She don't tell him any of my business. So, you know, back then, parents really didn't communicate with. I'm going to just speak on in, in my situation. My mom was a single parent, so we didn't really like and she didn't want me to feel like I was her friend. So we didn't talk a lot. You know, it's just like she laid down the rules that it is what it is. So she told me she was like, listen, you're not going to be on welfare. You are not going to play basketball. She was like, I'm already struggling, taking care of you and your brother. And now you're pregnant. She was like, so what you're going to do is you're going to go to school. You're going to graduate from school, but every single day you're going to come home and take care of that baby. So I'm like, what? You know, like I'm, I'm only, I'm very popular, but I'm only getting clothes first day of school, Christmas, my birthday, Easter. So it's like, damn, you're going to take all that, that away, you know? And I was selfish, you know? Um, I was like, well, can I get an abortion? And she was like, well, you need to look into it. You know, you want to be an adult, you look into it. So I looked into it. We never discussed it. We never talked about it. The appointment day came. I had to go the day before um, and get the appointment set up and get prepared for the abortion. So she drove past his house. She picked his ass up, too. She said, y'all want to be adults? You're going to be right there with her. You're going to be right by her side. So we we never like she never talked to him about it. She never talked to me about it. She just went to the grocery store because I couldn't eat after midnight. She went to the grocery store, got us all our favorite foods. Me and him, we up laughing and joking and talking all night long. And he told me and I respect him. Like I love people that keep it real. You understand? Like that's how come I'm cool with all of my exes because 
they keep it real. And he told me, he said, if you go through with this abortion tomorrow, we will no longer be together. So I'm like, well, (laughs) you know, like I said, I was selfish in my head. I'm like, my mom already told me she's struggling with me and my brother. So I'm going to bring somebody else here to take over what I'm getting, you know? So she took us to the appointment. When she dropped us off, she said, call me when you're done. So I went to the appointment. Um, He was there in the lobby. He was the only father present. It was a lot of women there that was on their second and third abortion. As soon as they wheeled me back in the room, I started crying. You understand? Because I'm like, damn, you know, like I've always loved kids, like always. But like I said, like, I'm like, I can't play basketball. I can't get any clothes. I'm thinking superficial. I'm not knowing at 15 that your child hearts beats (laughs) after a few months. I was like, uh, I think I was like eight weeks pregnant. So, um, I cried the whole time. Like I kept my eyes closed for two hours, like no lie. I'm just crying. So it was my turn. They willed me back. And the guy that did the procedure, I don't know how he looked. I don't know how his aide looked, but I know for a fact, he yelled at me like he was my fucking father. He said, oh, so you about to kill your son? And I just cried more and more and more. And I heard the machine come on. It sounds like a vacuum cleaner. Um, and he was like, yeah, y'all, y'all need to get on birth control. Like he was, I don't remember every single thing that he said while I was there, but I know he was yelling at me the whole entire time. So it just made me weep like, damn, my boyfriend's in the lobby. My mom's at work. I'm by myself, you know? So the procedure was over. They wheeled me out and I cried more. (laughs) I cried myself to sleep. So they eventually woke me up and said, you know what? It's your time to go. So I went into the bathroom to get dressed. This huge ass blood clot fell out on the floor. Almost passed out. My stomach got weak. I'm like, oh shit, you know? Um, And then... I got dressed. I called mom, me and him. We didn't discuss the situation. We didn't talk about it at all. Um, my mom dropped him off at home and he literally did not talk to me for like three years. Until this day, he have nine kids. He told me no woman will ever do this to me again. And my child would have been the first. Um, I don't know if the doctor was lying or not, but he said that I had a son. So I, that's what I go by from this day. My son would have been 28 years old. And on Mother's Day, I used to cry every single Mother's Day. And the reason why I would cry is because I always thought about my son. We named him and all, you know. And it affect me a lot because I would get in relationships with women 
and they have kids, I fall in love with their kids, the relationship over, they keeping their kids. My ex said, when a relationship is over with me, it's over with my child. And it hurts because it's like, I'm building these bonds with these kids, claiming them as my kids, raising them as my kids. And then they're snatched out of my life. So I feel like I have had kids snatched out of my life more than once. And my mom, shout out to Mom Dukes. She could feel my pain on Mother's Day. So she sent me to an abortion retreat. And I feel as though that was the best thing ever in life. Um, I was away for three days. Um, The retreat was amazing. And at the retreat, I learned that men grieve as well. You know, yes, this is our body as women, um, but men grieve as well. So I reached out to my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend, and I apologized to him because I was young. And when I went to this retreat, now I'm in my 30s, you know, I understand what I've done. Um, So now I don't cry on Mother's Day. Um, I still look at other people's kids like my ex, her and her child look just alike. <laughs> and I just be like, damn, I wonder how my son would have looked. I wonder if he would have had my eyes, my lips, how tall he would have been, how his hands would have been. So that's why I'm so close to my nephews and I'm so grateful for all three of them. Um, the oldest one came six months after I had an abortion. So I call him my son. Everybody in my family, they, nobody corrects me. Everybody know why I'm doing it. He accepted. He calls me on K. He don't call me mom, but he know, you know, I'd be like, hi, son, you know, and he like, hi on K. And when we're out, people say he look like me. So I feel like, I'm able to have a piece of me, a piece of my son, you know, so I'm sorry, y'all. I just need a minute, but, um, yeah, so I'm so grateful to be an aunt. Um, I'm so grateful for all the children of the women that I dated allow me to be a part of that kid's life because now I'm 43 and I don't have any kids. And I wonder like if my son would have made me a grandmother, (laughs) I would have been a young grandmother (laughs) because I would have been a young mom, a teen mom. So I love that show. Shout out to MTV for teen mom. I love that show. I watch it every single time it come out. Um, And I'm not crying because I regret anything. Um, I'm crying because it's like, that's a decision that I chose to make with my body. So now with this Roe versus Wade, they're trying to take that option away from women. You never know what a woman is going through. Now, mine was selfish. You know, (laughs) I was a kid. 
It wasn't really selfish. I love my mother, and I don't ever want to see my mother struggle. So I felt as though I didn't want her to struggle feeding three miles. But it's women out here that's been molested, um, that's been raped. So you telling me that they can't get an abortion, they have to keep this child, and they was raped or molested, or, um, you know, I was an officer, a correctional officer, and I worked at the hospital with the inmates. And one inmate already had seven kids, you know? So it's like, you know, yes, women, as women, we can get on birth control. We can wear condoms. We can do all this stuff. But I've known some people that <laughs> had childs while uh, being on birth control by using condoms. So if they can't afford to bring this child in this world, we're going to have more kids that need to be adoption uh, adopted. And also like, it's a formula shortage, you know, and we never know what somebody is going through. So why should a man have the right to tell a woman what to do with his body? And I appreciate y'all listening to this episode. It was, I thought, <laughs> I felt like I had to speak on this. I did not know that I was going to cry. It felt good. Um, it's tears of joy because I have come in touch with so many wonderful kids. Um, and I know a lot of people tell me like, oh, maybe you should adopt a child. Well, like I said, being as though I was a correctional officer and I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of kids go up for adoption. No matter if you get that child when they one day old, they still come with problems. And I'm not, I'm not saying that kids that's out there that need to be adopted have problems or nothing like that. I'm not saying that. So please don't take that. I'm just saying like, I wanted to have my own child, you know, me and my ex-wife, we tried to get pregnant um, when I was 39 and we had a donor. Um, we was going to get pregnant at the same exact time <laughs> because we wanted our children to have the same father, but it didn't happen. So I know that God does everything for, for a reason. And I'm just blessed that my nephew's mother's allow me to play such an amazing and huge part in their lives. So I feel as though I didn't miss out on anything. I have three handsome nephews, so I'm grateful for that. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I just want y'all to know that I don't, I'm very upset with this, um, the U S Supreme court. And I just wanted to, share my story. I love y'all so much. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I probably left a lot out, but I'm dealing with a lot of emotions, but I love y'all. Peace.